This is the fifth and final in this series of a psychotherapist looks at Alcoholics Anonymous and 12-step programs in general. I would like to here repeat my disclaimer that uh, these are just my opinions and if you are a member of Alcoholics Anonymous or any other 12-step program, you should probably listen to what your sponsor says and if it disagrees with what I am saying, please follow your sponsor. In my attempt to understand the depth and grasp what the program means, I am indebted greatly to many people who have lived and practiced this program sometimes for decades. I am indebted to them for sharing their wisdom, philosophers. They have been loving and searching for wisdom for many years. When I left off in the fourth of this series, the person in the 12-step program was making a decision to do something, namely to turn their will and their life over to the care of God as they understood him. This, as I said then, struck me at first as a task that might challenge a Spanish mystic like St. John of the Cross. That was until it was pointed out to me that this was, first of all, a decision to do something. It was not the actual doing of it. The doing of it, they explained, was what the other steps, 4 through 12, would bring about. When I still seemed skeptical, they pointed out what they had reminded me before, which was that the goal of the program was to get power, not to save souls, or as they put it, the program of Alcoholics Anonymous was to save your rear end and not your soul. So with this kind reminder, um, uh, it clarified for me that the entire program was about finding a power that was greater than one's failed willpower. And they showed me that on page 45 of the book Alcoholics Anonymous. And furthermore, I was reminded that uh, how that power was achieved. And it says that power was by being in harmony with a greater power. They had pointed me toward a passage in the third chapter of the other book, 12 Steps and 12 Traditions, in which it said that the whole problem was the misuse of willpower and that in order to have it be useful, it had to be in harmony with a power greater than itself and that the purpose of Alcoholics Anonymous Steps was to make this increasingly possible. So I began to get the idea that uh, when you put uh, one limited power together with a more powerful power, uh, it's a bit like skiing, that skiing doesn't work as well in Omaha as it does in Vail. And 
the reason is not a lack of snow or lack of skis or poles. Uh, it has to do with gravity. And that uh, once I acquire the uh, ability to put myself and to ally myself with a greater power, uh, namely gravity, I wind up having the power of skiing. Uh, and that seemed to me to make some sense because uh, I could no more see gravity or touch it than this power they were talking about. So if I was able to um, perhaps uh, can my skepticism for a bit, I could maybe uh, understand what they were talking about. In this regard also, I came across the prayer that is said in connection with this decision of step three to turn one's will and life over to the care of God as one understands God. Uh, and the prayer says, build with me and do with me what thou wilt. Relieve me of the bondage of self that I may better do thy will. Help at that time uh, being struck by the similarity to a very ancient spiritual program dating back 2,500 years, uh, reputedly uh, put together or discovered by Prince Siddhartha in India. And the first part of that program uh, has what they call four noble truths. And the first noble truth is the truth that life is full of misery. They call it dukkha. And the second noble truth uh, is that this uh, misery arises from seeking happiness uh, and clinging and clutching and grasping to uh, transitory uh, impermanent things. And that the third noble truth is that one can be relieved of this misery by getting rid of the source of this clinging, clutching, and grasping, namely the separate ego, and that the way in which this would be accomplished is uh, through a path that leads to the cessation of suffering because it relieves the person of their ego attachments. So that path has eight steps, usually referred to as the Eightfold Path of Steps, leading to enlightenment in Buddhism. So as I understand it, the 12-step program of Alcoholics Anonymous or of any of the other 12-step programs is that someone become free of their ego attachments, their bondage of self as the third step prayer puts it, and in doing so, they are removing those things which hold their will out of harmony with the will of a power greater than themselves. Also, I think uh, the important thing 
for me as a therapist was to witness people achieve what they call recovery. And at first, I was inclined to think of recovery as getting back health until it was pointed out to me by a lawyer who is in recovery that recovery really means getting back something that has been lost. For example, if someone owes me money and I go to a lawyer, he would attempt to achieve recovery. Or if there's gold that's been lost from a Spanish galleon 500 years ago, they call it the recovery process, bringing that gold to the surface. So in a, in a similar way, when we use recovery, we're talking about getting back or leading an authentic life. And I think that it becomes pretty clear in step 11 that uh, the only thing uh, a person working the program is uh, advised to pray for is to know what they should do with their lives, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. So the goal of the program is actually not just to be sober and it's just not to be good. It is that one leads the life that is authentic to that person, that uh, one can very easily get distracted from that goal of life and run after barking after every car that comes along uh, and forget the one job that um, existence seems to demand of us. And as I listen to the wisdom of those who have uh, followed and practiced the 12-step program for many years, I'm struck by the universality of the wisdom that they have arrived at. Uh, they have arrived at finding the authentic life. They, in the appendix, the second appendix of the book Alcoholics Anonymous, they describe uh, in striking terms, uh, I will quote, with few exceptions our members find they have tapped an unsuspected inner resource which they presently identify with their own concept of a power greater than themselves. So this power they are seeking is actually operating through and in themselves uh, and is not separate from themselves, but is actually something that is waiting to be activated. I am amused and struck by the fact that alcoholics use the word tapped we have tapped an unsuspected inner resource, they say, uh, for people who might have tapped a keg and found the content under pressure that somehow it is a striking uh, image uh, that it conjures up for me. But it also reminds me that in ancient Greek uh, wisdom, they had a word that's reminds me of that very much, where it, it, the word is enthusiasm, and in Greek, en is in, and theos is God, so enthusiasm was about the God inside one, and that 
the job uh, of, uh, as Socrates called it, the educator, uh, he called it the task of myutics, which is like being a midwife. That's what the word myutics means in Greek. Uh, and even in Roman times, the word for the process of bringing this authentic life that is unique to each person, they called it education, education. And again, the Latin in this case, e or x, means out as a prefix, like emissions or exit or any of those. So e and then duchery or D-U-C comes from the verb to lead, duchery. And we use it all over the place, like Il Duce was Mussolini's title, and a duke in England, a leader, a viaduct leads a road, aqueduct leads water, um, an air duct leads air. So we use the word uh, duct or duchery a lot. So education was the process of bringing out that which is within the individual, bringing it to life. So tapping the unsuspected inner resource uh, is very much uh, faithful to the ancient wisdoms. In the 12-step programs, they refer to this power or force or unexpected, unsuspected inner resource. They uh, refer to it as a higher power, uh, greater power, always using the comparative uh, adjective, greater or higher, so comparatively greater, comparatively higher. And then in a couple of places, page 55, I remember, they mention, they call it the great reality and tell you that that may be found only deep down within the individual. So recovery is the discovery or uh, recovery of something that uh, the individual has within them and which is demanding to come into existence before the batteries run down. There would be nothing sadder than someone who has spent their entire life trying to be someone they could not be with enthusiasm uh, and never having been the one person they could have been with enthusiasm. And I think this is, again, very old wisdom you will find in Matthew's Gospel, the 16th chapter, the phrase, for what will it profit a man if he gain the whole world but forfeits his soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? So the program of Alcoholics Anonymous, in my understanding, is one in which the individual recovers their path, the path of finding that which they should be doing with their life and which their addiction was distracting them from. There is a passage on page 84 of the book Alcoholics Anonymous with which I will conclude. It 
begins, And we have ceased fighting anything or anyone, even alcohol. For by this time, sanity will have returned. We will seldom be interested in liquor. If tempted, we recoil from it as from a hot flame. We will react sanely and normally, and we will find that this has happened automatically. We will see that our new attitude toward liquor has been given us without thought or effort on our part. It just comes. That is the miracle of it. We are not fighting it, neither are we avoiding temptation. And in my own conclusion, it would seem that this miraculous thing comes about when the individual has begun to dedicate him or herself to the process of finding their authentic life.